Occasionally with the gospel readings and with the scripture readings, we have the option to leave portions out. And that kind of happens. So I'm going to read the rest of this gospel to you because it's kind of important and it figures in my sermon. So if you'll indulge me, I'll read the next five verses. If you remember, the shepherds had just gotten there. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Most Tuesdays from 12.30 to 1 p.m., you can find me in a Zoom room with a group of priests from around central Arkansas doing a little sermon prep for the coming Sunday. Or in the case of this week, the coming Friday night, <laughs> Christmas Eve. The group begins by praying whatever the collect of the day will be, followed by the reading of the scripture or scriptures to be used by those who are actually doing the preaching. So this week, we sat there wondering how in the world we were going to find a fresh take on the oldest, best-known Christmas story ever. Some of us have been preaching Christmas Eve for many years, others not so much. However, that doesn't change the fact that most people can recite most of Luke's nativity story almost by heart. It's not easy to find something new and meaningful to say. You know you heard Linus's voice. <laughs> Thank you, Linus and Charles Schultz for making it even more difficult to preach this story. I mean, it's all I can do not to read it in the King James <laughs> because that's how I know it. Maybe that's the point. Maybe we don't need to hear something new and catchy. Maybe we just need to hear the good news. The UN Gelion same news that the angels brought to the shepherds that to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. We've been talking about Luke's gospel all through Advent and we'll continue to talk about it this year. And I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that it continues to be all about the leveling of the playing field, a reversal of great proportions, a lifting up of the lowliest folks. The beginning of tonight's gospel reading is quite a bit of history related to the lofty Roman Empire, edicts and registrations, accountings and who are you? Who do you belong to? Who's your family? In the South, we would say, who are your people? 
And as good and dutiful citizens, Joseph and Mary make the long journey to Bethlehem, the city of David, to take care of their business. They go to Bethlehem because Joseph was descended from David. But the good news of the Savior's impending birth doesn't come from anyone in the lofty and powerful Roman government. The good news brought by the angels of the Lord is given to the lowly shepherds. Not senators, not stockbrokers, not superheroes, just shepherds. And these shepherds are so overwhelmed by the angels' message that they immediately drop what they're doing, leave their flocks, and go to Bethlehem to see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord had made known to them. And when they find Mary and Joseph and the baby, just as the angel foretold, the shepherds relay the angel's message to Mary and Joseph. These lowly shepherds become some of the first evangelists by sharing the good news that a Savior, the Messiah, is born. And the shepherds then returned to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. A few minutes ago, I sarcastically thanked Charles Schultz for making this such a hard scripture to preach. In his classic animated film, A Charlie Brown Christmas, Linus always plays a shepherd. And he always has his trusty blue blanket for security, even fashioning it into a shepherd's head covering for the Christmas play. But there is one interesting moment in the Christmas pageant rehearsal that bears noticing. When Charlie Brown asks in anguish and frustration, isn't there anybody who can tell me what the true meaning of Christmas is all about? Linus steps to the center of the school stage, drops his beloved blue blanket, and recites in King James perfection the Christmas story from Luke. Did you hear what I said? Linus drops his security blanket to tell the good news. The shepherds dropped everything. Go and tell the good news that Christ is born a Savior. Like the real shepherds who dropped everything to go tell the good news, Linus drops his most beloved possession, the one thing he thinks will keep him safe, to tell the story of the Savior of the world. As we move into the new year, what can we drop to tell the story of the Savior? What can we put down to share the good news? Can we lay aside those things that we think keep us safe and secure to tell a story of real salvation? For me, that would involve laying aside my fears about things I cannot control and my frustration with feeling so out of control. 
it would involve being a lot more patient with those around me. It would involve a lot more work on gratitude rather than griping. Back in August, there was an article in the Atlantic magazine that speaks of something I think many of us feel. The title of the article is The Opposite of Toxic Positivity by Scott Harry Kaufman. He says, toxic positivity is a kind of denial of reality that telling someone to stay positive, especially in the middle of this global crisis, is missing out on an opportunity for growth may even backfire and make them feel worse, especially if they think they can't be positive. Hoffman cites as the antidote to this toxic positivity an idea from Viktor Frankl, an existential humanist psychologist and Holocaust survivor. Find some time to read Man's Search for Meaning by him. Frankl's idea is one of not toxic positivity, Tragic optimism, which involves the search for meaning amid the inevitable tragedies of human existence. The research says people can grow in many ways from difficult times, including having a greater appreciation of one's life and relationships, increased compassion, altruism, purpose, greater use of personal strengths, even spiritual development. It's not the traumatic or tragic event that leads to growth. I know I'm really not thankful to still be in COVID tide, but rather how the event is processed. How can our views change as a result of difficult or tragic or fearful events? What meaning can we draw from these events? now and after, if ever, they go away. The article concludes with an interesting misconception about gratitude, that it is all about appreciating my life and my blessings in spite of the suffering of others. True gratefulness or existential gratitude rejoices in the other. This gratefulness reflects back the goodness that one has received by creatively seeking opportunities for giving. This gratefulness is constantly on the lookout for hidden benefits and opportunities for growth in everything. A global pandemic, a grief or a loss, a struggle with illness, The article says, gratitude is not just a switch to turn on when things go well. It is also a light that shines in the darkness. My prayer for this year is that we can lay aside those things that distract us from one another. Those things that keep us from being our best selves. From living as Christ in the world. Let us go forth unencumbered by our fears and false security to tell the truth. 
the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, that God's favor is for all people, that heaven and earth meet not in the halls of power, but in obscure, sometimes dark places. The light of the world has come to us all. Can we be modern-day shepherds of the good news of God in Christ Jesus, even in the face of ongoing trouble and fear and frustration? I think we can. We remember what the angel of the Lord said. Do not be afraid. For see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Amen.